1: In the future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at UBNRadio.com.
2: And we're back folks. Greetings and salutations everyone. You've tuned into Dr. Judy WTF and I'm your host Walt Lusk and in the studio of course is Dr. Judy Rosenberg, founder, president of the Psychological Healing Center in Sherman Oaks, Beverly Hills and wherever you can hear this voice. We are on UBN Radio Network and we are Dr. Judy WTF which is What the Freud. And, you know, uh, and this is a call-in show, just want to get that in sooner, mm-hmm. you can call us at 323-843-2826, that's 323-843-2826, and today we are talking about parenting, parenting how to create a healthy, secure infant and child. So, um, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about that, and remember, my definition of children, Dr. Judy, just going to get my definitions <laughs> in early, they are God's little spies They are like huge sponges and little scientists. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I want to start with this real quick. A couple weeks ago, we did a show, uh, which was a WTF of what the film on the movie Spotlight, which is going to be an Academy Award winner, guaranteed. And this article came out today, and I thought it was so scary, I had to throw it in. Um, And and Spotlight, of course, is about a uh, specific group of journalists in the Boston Globe who uh, basically brought out all the pedophiles (laughs) in the world and and spotlighted it all, and it's been a big, big challenge. Um, And go check out our show. But uh, this came out today. Catholic Church tells bishops they are not obligated to disclose child sex abuse.
3: That's heavy. Catholic Church
2: is allegedly telling newly ordained bishops they have no obligation to report child sexual abuse allegations to law enforcement officials
3: well that that certainly works for them doesn't oh, it
2: <laughs> you think oh. according to state civil laws each county where reporting is a um obligated it is not necessarily the duty of the bishop to report suspects to authorities the police or state prosecutors in the moment when they are made aware of the crimes or sinful deeds
3: it's interesting. It almost goes against the ethics of my profession, because if you're in a teaching profession, which priests are, they're, they're uh, delivering sermons to the people, then they, by law, if, if they are indeed teachers, um, have an obligation to report any suspected child abuse yes. cases. So it doesn't really make sense. No, it but, makes no sense uh, at all. <clears throat> sounds like the Catholic Church is indeed very powerful and the sweeping under the rug principle—there it is again. And uh, when I shrunk they're, that movie, they're
2: backpedaling crazy.
3: Oh my gosh! And when we shrunk the movie last time, yes, and you can catch it on YouTube, by the way. Yes, it's on YouTube. Yes, and spotlight. so Spotlight, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to take the spotlight off of themselves, obviously. <laughs> and uh, uh, and and here's the issue. We're going to talk about it tonight in parenting because there's a lot of taboo things that go on. Uh, in, in the uh, the realm of parenting. And so there's this big parallel between sweeping things under the rug in uh, an institution like the Catholic Church, sweeping things under the rug in, inst- in an institution called the institution of the family. Uh, but today, we are going back to basics, we and uh, we're going to talk about what... We always talk about which is how to form a healthy human psyche, which will then lead to a healthy infant, a child, a healthy human being. So going back to attachment theory, Dr. John Bowlby, who did a lot of research with Mary Ainsworth, Dr. Mary Ainsworth back in the 40s, they discovered that what it takes to form a healthy human psyche is eye contact, skin contact, consistency, Uh, child-centered parenting, infant-centered parenting, parents who know how to um, regulate their children's emotions and soothe them. And then there are a lot of other factors like you can't ignore your child. Obviously, you can't insult your child, right? You (laughs) can't, uh, can't sexually violate your child. You can't Neglect okay, some so even think you
2: shouldn't even spank them, which we're going to talk about.
3: Yeah, so there you know, so we don't have a manual on how to do it right, and so parents get to be parents without the correct instructional manual. And unfortunately, there are many manuals that misinform, one of which is the Ferber method, which I talk about in my book, Be the Cause Healing Human Disconnect, which, as most of you know, is now out. And uh, available in Kindle paperback. And paperback. Yep. Yes. So in this no firber... excuse, get the book. <laughs> and, and and the book is actually a um, a panel by panel description of the cause of childhood wounds, how they uh, how they ingest into the fiber of our being, how they then encode into the fiber of our being, and how they cause chaos, breakdowns, defense mechanisms, and, uh, and ultimately big breakdowns. Uh, so so the, the book actually is a reflection of everything w- that we're talking about. There's a lot of information in, in it on parenting and how to do it right. And the Ferber method uh, is a book that um, talks about how to get your infant to cry it out. Which is the worst thing that you could do because if you have a newborn infant, uh, an infant that is pre-verbal and doesn't have a lot of emotional control and doesn't know how to self-soothe, the worst thing that you can do is let the child just cry it out.
2: Would it be analogous to abandoning the child?
3: Yeah, I mean, there, you know, you have to do it in a gradual approximation way. So I'm not saying pick your child up every second when he's two years old, that would really not be a good idea. But when they're 12345 whatever months Months, old, right, you want to pick them up and you want to have a lot of skin to skin and breastfeeding and then slowly, you teach the child a little bit more uh, the development of emotional uh, bandwidth, but you do it slowly. You don't just cold turkey your child on, um, on you.
2: One of the things from the research I've gleaned, and we've talked a lot about in previous shows, is that uh, it's multi-generational. Meaning, mm-hmm. you do what you was what was done to you by your folks. Right. And, the blueprint, and that's the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a lousy blueprint, then it's gonna be a lousy. <laughs> blueprint on your kid
3: right so our job as parents or future parents is to dismantle our what i call the psychological virus uh our, which then turns into a negative core belief which then runs the show core beliefs like i'm not good enough i'm not smart enough i'm not competent and these core beliefs which then ingrain into the fiber of our being are then passed to the next generation so, this business of heredity is kind of correct, but it's not necessarily just genetic heredity. I'm talking about psychoheredity. You're really inheriting your parents' psychological blueprint. So, part of our job as parents is to clean ourselves up as much as possible clean up our own psychopathology so that we don't pass pathology to uh, the next generation. And so that's step one parenting 101. Go heal thyself. Okay, parenting 102 pick a partner that's healed so that you don't play out the I call it the WTF the what the Freud game with your partner, because if you do, what will happen is a trickle down. Okay, so if you find a partner that wounds you and you wound him or her, you're going to get a lot of chaos uh, in the relationship. And in that, in that system, your children will be privy to the fights or the shutdowns or the alcohol isms, which are uh, an example of defense mechanisms, or the overeating or whatever it is that people do to defend, and then they will learn uh, those defense mechanisms. So parenting, basic parenting, um, fix your own issues before you bring a child into your family system.
2: And remember, this is a call-in show, so if you want to call in and tell us a horror story or otherwise, you can get on the couch with your emotional ouch with Dr. Judy. The number is area code 323-843-2826. And later in the show, we will do our normal segment of shrinking that tune, and we're going to be doing a Taylor Swift song, by the way. Yeah. You know there's f- basically what I found is there's uh, four different styles of parenting. And I thought we could uh, touch on these and you can elaborate on them. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the four important dimensions of parenting is dis- disciplinary, warmth and nurture, communication styles, and then expectations and maturity and c- control. But the first one, which we're all talking we've mentioned a little bit is authoritarian parenting. Basically, they follow very strict rules established by the parents. Failure to follow such rules usually results in punishment. Mm-hmm. Authoritarian parents fail to explain the reasons behind these rules. Because I said so. Yeah. High demands, but not, re- not responsive to their children. They expect their orders to be obeyed without exception.
3: So where do you think the child learns that the locus of control is? Where do you think well, that child? Well, the folks, of course. Right. The, yeah. the control is with the folks, yeah. so they don't really de- de- develop a sense of independence. They don't really develop a strong sense of right wrong because uh, the locus of control comes from the outside in and never develops from the inside out. There you and go. And nothing is explained. No. There so isn't. then they don't learn ethics. They don't learn. They don't learn the reasons why.
2: Then there's a lot of carnage, and as a result of that type right. of uh, parenting. Yep. Yeah. The next is actually I'll give you a hint. It's actually the most uh, blessed, I believe, of the four. Authoritative um, children are expected to follow. However, the parenting style is much more democratic. Authoritative parents are responsible to their children and willing to listen to questions. When the children fails to meet the expectations, these parents must. Are more nurturing and forgiving than punishing. Mm -hmm. Um, Monitor and impart clear standards for the child's conduct. They are assertive but not intrusive and restrictive.
3: So basically, they're pillars. We -hmm. need pillars Mm -hmm. because if Mm -hmm. we don't have parents that are pillars, we can't grow up the steps of uh, hierarchical um, development. So these are, th- author- what did you call them? I forgot. Authoritative. Author- authoritative parents give boundaries, which are really important. Uh, they have rules, so they're not just flimsy and laissez-faire and let the kid do whatever they, uh, they wanna do. And yet at the same time, they teach their children. They listen to their parents, their their children. They don't neglect their children.
2: Well, one example that pops in my head is revere versus fear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if the parents earn their trust and they're revered and respected, that's one thing versus feared, right?
3: Which is the other style, exactly. the authoritative. And if
2: you fear your parents, then eh, it's not going to work.
3: And it then, and then built into that is a sense of respect and a, a sense of right. looking up to the parent. Because how do we learn? It's a trickle down learning, right? You have to Example. be able to look up to somebody and open up your um, your your vessel, basically your uh, your psyche, and then at that point, everything trickles in. And then there's a sense that you're you're trusting the information that comes comes in. What happens with parenting gone wrong is that the information that comes in is damaging information. Yeah. And then, as we speak about much on the show, negative core beliefs infiltrate in, and um, you know, havoc.
2: We did a sh- several shows not too long ago on healing corporate disconnect. And it comes to mind uh, managerial styles, right? Mm -hmm. How many of you listening have a manager that's very, very...
3: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com.
2: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
2: plus. Authoritative. My way or the highway, and this is the way it's going to go, versus some um, that, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, author- authoritative versus... Um, uh, the other way. So, you know, it, 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 management styles go, go hand in hand with this. Yeah, as and well. they parallel. See, yes, well they we do. Spo-
3: we spoke about healing corporate des- we, disconnect. We, we did. spoke about how corporations are like a dysfunctional family. Yes, they are. That was our and second story. And so child. they parallel each other. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: The third way is permissive parenting. They sometimes refer to as indulgent parents because they have very few demands. These parents rarely discipline their children because they have relatively low expectations of maturity and self-control. They are the most re- more responsive than they are demanding, and they are non-traditional and very lenient. And they try and generate their status as a friend more than a parent
3: and the last thing a child needs is a parent as a best friend. Now that can happen later on later in life, life, but they need to respect the parents, they need boundaries from the parents and it's kind of like a, a form of lazy neglect because if, if a parent is just too laissez-faire then there's a sense that the, the child picks up that um, there are no rules and there are there's no structure so they never develop a sense of um of, a, of an internal compass. I'm working with mm-hmm. uh, a few people in my practice who have no sense of an internal uh, compass, and they feel very lost in the world. And then they don't know how to make judgments. They don't know how to um, really regulate their boundaries with people. So some of them might um, let people in too easily, and other people may let will not let people in. And and it's a big, it's a big mess, because there's no regulation there. And there's no executive uh, decision making capacity. So they end up in the wrong job, the wrong relationship, and so on. Yeah, yeah That's a it, less say, fair parent,
2: per- permissive parenting. It, uh, to expand a little bit, uh, often results in children who rank low in happiness and self-regulation, mm-hmm. and they're more likely to experience problems with authority and tend to perform poorly in school. Right. Uh, let me just digress for a minute. Into the impact authoritarian uh, children are often obedient and proficient, but rank lower in happiness, social competence, and self-esteem. Where authoritative Parenting result in children who are happy, capable, and successful. It's
3: kind of like um, the three little bears of the three chairs, right? And so, well, the porridge, if, it's too, if hot, it's too hot, too, too cold, too, just right; just too hard, just hard, hard, too soft, just right. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the last is uninvolved parent. The worst. Oh, man, oh, man. They have very few demands, low responsiveness, and little communication. Mm-hmm. Their parents fulfill the child's basic needs, and they're generally detached from the child's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of parent is that? And Not um, a parent. No. <laughs> they're the lowest access of all life domains. The children tend to lack self-control, have low self-esteem, and are less competent than their peers.
3: Right. And that creates another mess there. There go the boundaries. There's promiscuity. You know, let's smoke marijuana with my parents and get drunk on the weekends with them while we're at it. Um, and, And that kind of thing creates another kind of a mess where there are no boundaries and the person... The child involved actually feels that they're uncontained mm. uh, by the parents. Yeah, I can say no, so, no
2: boundaries. Yeah. Right,
3: they feel there's a sense of isolationism within the child because they're not really connected to. And um, when we discuss different kinds of injuries, there's there's acts of omission and then there are acts of commission. So if you hit the child, that's an act of commission. You're hitting the child. When you're verbally abusing the child, that's an act of commission. But when you're ignoring the child, that's an act of omission. And that leaves the child feeling like they're not important enough to really be bothered with.
2: Right. Now, um, what's interesting is, this was an interesting um, adjunct to this, this in this article, Of course, the parenting styles of individual parents combined with the unique blend of each parent. You might have a mother who may display authoritative style Mm -hmm. while the father might be more permissive.
3: And that often happens when the mother actually hates the style of the father and then she'll try to balance out. So if he's too authoritative, she may be more laissez-faire mm-hmm. just to balance out. So remember, this is a system. Mm-hmm. And so the, the other rule of parenting is get on the same page with your partner exactly. so that you can deliver the same system and study the system so that you can understand which system will give you the best outcomes, like the authority. authoritarian Uh, authoritarian authoritarian, right uh, yes where there's communication (laughs) uh, there's a sense of structure there's a sense of regard for the child uh, but on the other hand it's not a punitive judgmental system
2: correct um and it's interesting you you couldn't have said it better than at the end of the article um you know uh, just real quick another article was authoritative versus authoritarian the analogy is discipline versus punishment Mm-hmm. So you want to discipline the child? You don't, you know, that you don't want to be overly punishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're two entirely different things. Um, go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say that um, another factor. Uh, that's important to address is that there are cultural differences yes. in parenting. So in some cultures, uh, children are spanked. In other cultures, children are yelled at. In other cultures, yet the children are smothered. In, in some cultures, children are ignored. So not only do we have individual woundings of children from the the, the, the parents, but then there are societal ways of really um, disciplining. And so one of the things that comes up in therapy is the sense of normalcy. Well, it was normal for my mother to whack me on the head, you know, I wasn't behaving, it was normal that um, my father um, used a whip on me, it was normal, it was normal that my mother uh, left to another country and left me with grandma and auntie, it was normal. But just because something's societally a norm it doesn't mean that it's healthy Correct. so let's make that distinction and not fall into the trap of well he's doing it she's doing it it's the way of this country or the way of this culture so therefore
2: well, lastly authoritarian parents however expe- exert control through power and coercion they have power because they expect their they exert their will over their children
3: Right. And, and authoritarian parents probably had authoritarian parents. So there's the multi-generational trickle down. So if they were spanked and they were judged and, and part of healing, Walt, I talk about this a lot is, um, I don't know what's going on with the speaker. I hope it's coming through. It's kind of fading in and out, but okay. Okay. Uh, what, what happens is that, um, when people are, um, brought up by parents who have their own childhood wounds, it's very common that their parents have childhood wounds. So you can keep going back and back and back. And this is a causal system, not a blame uh, system. And so what happens with authoritarian authoritative parents is there's a lot of blame, shame, judgment and criticism, and you can't heal in a system of blame, shame, judgment, and Mm -hmm. criticism. Uh, You can't heal because it doesn't really teach the child to self-reflect and self-correct, which is the way that we heal, is that we're able to look in the mirror and see if what is happening in our lives works for us, works for other people. And if it doesn't, then uh, we have to take a look at that and make the adjustments with blame and shame and criticism, then you are thrown into panel number five, which is a defensive position, defense mechanism. And you're not learning, you're just defending.
2: And authoritative parents uh, tend to guide their children. Their goal is to socialize their children so they can come and accept value of what the parents value. They hope their children will inter- internalize their goals, and they're basically shepherds, which I like that, that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, because they're wiser and legitimate guides in the culture. Kay. So um, enough uh, enough on that. So um, I thought we can touch on if you want. There's uh, basic challenges in terms of discipline. Okay. We've got mom going to real spanking, uh, mm-hmm. losing privileges, timeouts, mm-hmm. grounding, yelling, forcing an apology, and put downs.
3: So I just hope this mic is working. The
2: mic's good. It might you might want to plug in your it might be just your headset. You might want to just try and hit the that it's, it's the mic's fine. Okay. The levels are good. Okay. So, first off, um, and we mentioned spanking, discipline versus abuse, right? Mm-hmm. 85% of you who were spanked as kids, 67% of you will do the same thing. So, again, we talk about the generational, right? And uh, I think, you know, it kept me in line. But a discipline tool, when all else fails, uh, it sometimes can be called child abuse. And most experts say that spanking probably isn't worth it in the long run maybe Mm -hmm. the short run Mm -hmm. and they have three alternatives and you can expand on if you wish. Now imagine,
3: Uh, take it to an adult level. uh Walt, if you don't behave, Uh I'll slap you around a little bit, right? (laughs) That's really going to (laughs) work. So what are you teaching your child? If you're spanking your child, you're really teaching them that violence is the way to control. And that's not a really good message because they're watching what you're doing. Not only what you're saying, they're watching what you're doing. And so, um, that's not really a way to go. And I know that there are many, many other methods. There's time out, yes. and I know you have some information yeah. I, on isolation, that. Isolation, which
2: is a time out. Right. Uh, d- deprive them, you know, okay. taking something away or a privilege like no TV. Yeah. Right? Or mm-hmm. a reparation, you know, a child, where a child works to right a wrong before doing anything else.
3: See, I really like the method of self reflect, if you can teach your child, and I know that this is a higher level order uh, functioning, but if you can just call to your child's attention. So why do you think Mommy doesn't want you to draw on the wall, okay? <laughs> then we have some examples and of that. And then you yeah. <laughs> get them to think. And then where else could you draw? And when they're real little, you don't want to enter into such elaborate conversations. The best method, which I know you have articles <laughs> on, go is over their you, head. you, you s- distract them. If they're writing yes. on the wall, yes. then maybe you paste a big piece of cardboard on the wall so they can... Uh, right on the on the piece of cardboard or they or you distract them to a coloring book or you get them to sit on 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 the floor um, and you spread a big piece of canvas or paper out so they exactly. don't make a mess and then you just mitigate the damage. A great other
2: example I loved in, in the story was a 3 year old that loved to take the roll of toilet paper mm-hmm. and then just pull the toilet paper and run all over the house and that might long be roll. fun what a great and, experiment you know, They're after, little scientists. they're little scientists yeah. and after a couple of times the parent goes mm, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to take the roll of toilet paper and mm-hmm. just stick it up high so they can't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just have this imagine. Yeah, while they're drawing on the wall, pulling the toilet paper. And
3: I think that it's the <laughs> parent's job to make a safe zone for their yes. children so they can get dirty and they can play and they can jump. And if they fall, they fall. And uh, the consequences are the pain of following falling without... Um, Causing major damage to that child, so somewhere in between, they need to learn consequences. The stove is hot. The marble is hard. The stairway is a little bit um, could Steep. be a little dangerous. Yeah. Okay,
2: especially if it's not carpeted. Yeah. Right. Second is losing privileges. Okay, taking away something fun is wildly used tool by some parents. You know, like TV, or he loses screen time, or no ice cream, or no sleepovers. And, and most experts say, and you can elaborate, uh, you know, if you tell them why you're doing it, so it's a learning lesson, mm-hmm. you know, but then they said if you know, they, they, they go back and look at the television when they're not supposed to, then maybe you should unplug it.
3: Hmm. You know? and, and everything starts with consciousness. So when you're in the right consciousness, when, when you're in a consciousness of anger, and blaming them or shaming them, then you can guarantee that the outcome is not going to be good. It's going to be a lot of chaos and defensiveness and breakdowns. But if you're in the consciousness of imparting information or helping them learn something or helping them uh, discover a better way to do it or a better way to ask, uh, now now we're on to taking their behavior and helping them morph it into uh, something that, that they can, use in a way that uh that that actually they can get what they they want without the the chaos and the breakdown of it
2: one article alluded to which i think is really interesting is you know you as a parent you as an adult are bigger than the child not only in terms of size Mm -hmm. but in terms of experience Mm -hmm. and thereby you know you might want to you might need to take a time out yourself and take yeah, more than take just a the breath out yourself, yes yeah. mm-hmm. and realize oh my gosh you know I really don't want to take all this out of my kid just because I had a bad day
3: right and children love to see their parents self-correct yes like you know but they well, also love
2: to push limits and test limits That's well, what
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: They, they, do. they, yeah. they certainly do. And, and they do love to see when the parent says, you know, I was, I made a mistake. You know, that was not a good idea. Um, and it wasn't a good idea because because ultimately what children have to learn is conflict resolution, right? And how to get along with other people and how to internally regulate themselves and what works and what doesn't. And that making mistakes is not something that is going to land up in the judgment and the blame and shame category, that it's okay to make mistakes. Why? Because that's how we learn. I remember this little thing that I photographed about Thomas Edison. He made 10,000 discoveries of what didn't work it
2: Was for the light bulb
3: didn't it was, over, it was work. over
2: a thousand different filaments that he tried for the light bulb yeah. and his perspective was he never failed he just knew a thousand different ways that didn't work in other Correct. words he didn't get the outcome he expected right. and continued until he did
3: yeah, and by the way, this is a call in show. Yes, and We love call so yeah, if and, there are any parents out there. Yeah, or um, children. Or children, please call, children, <laughs> please call in. And <laughs> the number
2: is area code 323 843 2826, and you've tuned into, and thank you for tuning into, Dr. Judy WTF here on www.ubnradio.com, and you can write us if you want to know a question or a song you want us to shrink or one of our show notes at info at drjudydibbytap.com.
3: And I remember a show we did on roughhousing and sometimes children love to be out, especially by their fathers, you know, male yes, energy, we did. female pa- how energy. Fa-
2: fathers are involved more so than not in the parenting yeah, process. Yes.
3: Yeah, they're not delicate little creatures. No. They like to be thrown up in the air. You know, of course, you don't want to give them a brain concussion, uh, but well, they you love that. That's if you that. want to ca- catch them up for the first bounce. And, and yes, yeah. And then they, I do love to be in the presence of safe parents as they test the limit. Yeah. So when you put them on a swing and you go higher and higher, and your facial expression is, wow, look how high you can go, then they mirror off of that expression. As as opposed
2: to being scared to death that they're going so high. Exactly. And there is a huge, huge difference. Right. And they, um, case in point, my daughters were, I have two daughters, and they were huge in gymnastics and they could literally stand on yeah. their head you know, longer than they could stand up practically and mm-hmm. I remember we were at one party and there was like this eight foot wall the, 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 the wall was pretty wide at the top but they were just walking up and down this wall and the parents were looking at me going aren't you going to do something? Mm-hmm. Say, if, if i so you why? Know, if I'm nervous then they're going to get nervous and they're going to feed off that fear yeah, and maybe fall. I says they're gymnasts okay? Mm-hmm. They're used to being in something that's half as wide as that so mm-hmm. you know what? I'm cool with it and it was fine and the parents are looking going wow that's pretty cool and uh, you know it's true the kids were definitely very very sensitive that kind of stuff
3: Um, so I just want to get down to some nitty-gritty which is the first few months and first few years of life so parenting starts at birth so if you're about to give birth to a baby or planning on giving birth to a baby then make sure that you communicate with your doctor your nurse your midwife because if you don't they'll take over the show and what's essential in those first few moments of life is the bonding effect. So the bonding effect is the skin-to-skin contact. So if they're whisking your baby away and cutting the umbilical cord and uh, giving that baby a bath too soon, that is not a great way for your baby to be welcomed into the world.
2: And we've got to call
3: in. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay.
2: Hi, you're on the couch with Dr. Judy.
4: Uh, hello, my name is Anna. I'm one of the Dr. GD's clients. Hi. Hello,
2: Anna.
4: Uh, hi. I'm sorry it took me so long. I wanted to call in, but I was in class, and I missed most of the you, conversation.
2: Your timing is perfect.
3: I'm happy you're <laughs> calling in.
4: Uh, great. Uh, well, I, um, um, I tuned in around 20 minutes in, so I was listening to you, how you were talking about Uh, how sometimes children tend to push our buttons, Mm -hmm. I guess, and it just made me think of, um, uh, I have a four-year-old son, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the questions I uh, have is, how could I explain to him when I'm tired?
3: Okay, I think the way you explain to him that you're tired is you have to put yourself into his shoes. And so you have to say something like, Do you ever get tired? And then he'll probably say, Yeah, I get tired. Well, what are you like when you're tired? He goes, Oh, well I get a little grumpy, or I don't have a lot of energy, or I want to go to sleep, or I don't feel like doing a lot of things. And then you can continue that discussion so that he understands that you have the same feelings. Okay.
2: One of the things the books talks about in that regard is the KISS method. Keep it super short, K-I-S-S, and keep it super simple.
3: Right. So as, as your child begins to understand that you and he are alike... Okay, then you can Mm -hmm. make that bridge and say, you know, sometimes I do get tired, but just like you, after I rest, after I eat a little bit of food, after I take a nap or take a little stretch or lie down and, you know, and just get my mind a little bit more relaxed, then guess what happens to mommy? And then he can connect those dots and say, Oh, I get it. After you rest, then you're back again. Because what children don't have a good sense of is time. So to them, you're being tired means that you're going to go away and not be with them and abandon them for that period of time. So they need to know that um you may be a little bit more shut down but you're coming back and then that gives them a sense of containment well when are you when are you going to be not tired mommy well i'm going to sit down i'm going to close my eyes a little bit do you want to close your eyes with me are you tired too so you make it about um something that you include them a little bit uh, you include them a little bit Okay, mm-hmm. does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it seems
4: like he never gets tired. No, well, maybe he doesn't get uh, tired. Uh-huh. <laughs> or,
1: well, what's, or,
2: or, what's funny is um, I have two girls, and I had a client who uh, explained to me the definition of boys that could be summarized in two words, and I'll just let you know the secret. The two words were constant motion.
3: And, and you know, it's, it's good for your son to know that you may be in different moods at the same at the same moment. So you may be tired, and he may not be tired. And if he's not tired, then he can do something that's energetic, like maybe he can play with a ball, or maybe he can uh, run around a little bit, or maybe he can do something that takes energy, and that it's okay for you to be tired and for him to be energetic. He doesn't have to be exactly like you and you don't have to exactly be like him.
4: But he's not going to feel abandoned when uh, I'm not interacting with him?
3: Not if you tell him I'm going to be back soon. And while mommy's napping, why don't you color in the coloring book? And when I get up, see, children like a beginning and middle and an end. Okay, so you're not abandoning them abandoning your son by saying, I don't know when I'll be available. I don't know when I'm waking up, you say, okay, mommy's gonna close her eyes. And then in a little while, I'm going to get up and then maybe you could show me what you colored. Or maybe you could tell me about what happened when I was resting.
2: Or you can give him something to look forward to, like, you know, hey, once I get up from my nap or, you know, take my rest, you, yeah. maybe we can go, we'll go get some ice cream or maybe you know, I'll give park. you a cookie or we'll go to the park. Right. In other words, you know, you get a little time and as a result of that, then you have time with him.
3: Yes. So it's not a lose situation yeah. for him. If you're tired, that doesn't mean mommy's gone. If, if you're tired, that means mommy's going to rest. And after mommy rests, then something good is going to happen. So there goes the positive reinforcement. You're going to reinforce him for letting you rest, which is really important. So you're creating a better system with him.
2: And then you might even yeah. create, a, create a, some, a, a ritual. Hey, mommy's going to come home and crash for 30 minutes. And then, you know what, we'll go to the park or we'll go for a walk or, or do something. So, you know, he realizes you're going to come home. You're going to, you know, take a little time to decompress. And then mm-hmm. you and he can go do something.
3: Yeah, and if possible, if you guys could nap, if if you find that together. you nap at the same time, yeah. but you say he never gets tired, so <laughs> no, um, he never gets. Tired. Okay. Yeah, th- okay. I'm telling you, okay. two words: constant Wild motion. <laughs> so, so what 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 do you think? Do you think what do you think if you said to him, "I'm going to close my eyes a little bit, and here's a fun um, project for you to do, and in a little while, I'm going to." open my eyes, and then we're going to blah, 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 go to the park, um, play a game. What what do you think would be his response to something like that?
4: Well, um, like you said earlier, I think maybe it's uh, related to his developmental stage, because he's only four, so he's all about taking, taking, taking. Right. Like, he's not... I don't think he would (laughs) respect any boundaries at this age. Mine, mine, mine. He he would jump on top of me if if I were to close my eyes.
3: Okay, okay. He would just physically take it. Um, What are his hours of sleep?
4: Um, Well, uh, he doesn't actually have... uh, a set
3: schedule okay so i would give him one i would that's one thing i would do because that would regulate him and that would regulate you so if you wear him out during the day right and he's running Mm -hmm. around and doing a bunch of projects and his bedtime is say eight or nine o'clock or whatever it is and you get him more regulated than not regulated then he'll be on a system and you'll be on a better system you know one
2: one thing i fought my 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 wife on forever was routines Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, you know, we're the parents, for goodness sakes. But she was very firm and, and, and kept our kids on a routine. And in retrospect, and of course, soon thereafter, thereafter, I figured out that, of course, she was right.
3: And children <laughs> love routines because they like um, to Cons- know what's coming and next. consistency. Consistency, mm-hmm. right. So as you become more consistent, then he'll become uh, more able to understand what's coming next. And they like to know that. And they're not really good with, uh, I'm sleeping for half an hour. What's half an hour to a four-year-old? They don't know what a half an hour is, right? Mm-hmm. But they do know I- that after mommy takes a nap, something good is going to happen.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we don't have the analog clocks anymore. You know, when the big hand hits the
1: 12. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's true. Well, you can get one, uh, too. Right. It's just hard for
4: me and my, and, uh, my ex-husband to establish those uh, routines. Yeah. He's basically, yeah. um, we share our son. Yeah.
3: Two different So he parents. has
4: to go between two two yeah. homes and yeah. there's different schedules right. different home and then he goes to childcare. There he has a routine.
3: And so. But
4: his bedtime is. And plus my work schedule is kind of hectic. So. It's,
3: look, look, life it's doing is definitely. Life is definitely not perfect. If you can negotiate some scheduling times with your ex-husband, I think it would be excellent. Um, Walt, how much time do we have left? Five minutes? Before
2: we do our song, we have about five minutes. Oh,
3: okay. About five or ten? Five. Okay. Five or six. So I just wanted to say to you that um, um, as much as you can, um, have some basic agreements with your ex-husband so that even though you're not together, there's a sense of... Um, a a system that's agreed on and a structure that your son uh, can be in whether he's with you or whether he's with him. So as much as you can do that, do that and then explain to your ex how important that is to your son, and he'll be reaping the benefits too, because then your son will be much more um, contained, peaceful, uh, regulated, uh, all around whether he's with you or your ex-husband.
2: And I, th- I think again the word here is consistent. So right. you know just try and update and educate uh, your ex on, you know there's there's benefits to this if we both are on the same page as parents and trying just a couple of things just for starters to prime the pump, um, you know that there will be dividends.
4: Right, and, and,
3: and just this one is other. This what
4: actually is difficult for me, uh, that uh, it's hard for me to communicate with him because he's uh, quite narcissistic, yeah. and he doesn't. He takes like my comments, uh, like he's been defensive or B- something. Very he, defensive. He doesn't. It's hard to yeah. get to him.
3: You know, we'll work with that, the peaceful healing dialogue, and um, to to make it so that. Uh, however, you say it to him, he's going to benefit because a narcissist wants what he wants, what he wants. It's he all, wants. About, it's all about, about him. So, if you make it good for him, then it will it'll be something that he'll sign up for more easily than if it's something that you're imposing on him. So, style counts, languaging counts. So, we'll work on that on how the style. Uh, can be adjusted so that you can get less resistance from your uh, narcissistic uh, ex husband. And the last point that I wanted to make is that in talking to your son, you can also have that empathic connection. Look, I really get it that you've got all this energy and mommy's tired. Boy, that really must suck for you. So here's what we're going to do about it. Okay, Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to close my eyes. You're going to do this. And then when mommy gets up, we're going to do this fun thing. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for calling in. And thanks for being a part of our show. Call back and let us know how it goes. All right. I will. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Take care. care. Good night.
2: Well, there you go. I know uh, my my joke I've learned a long time ago is raising parents is really hard work. Right. (laughs) And in addition to uh, my favorite phrase, is childhood is a hostage situation. Um, we're probably going to have to continue this next week uh, in terms of uh, parenting, and I'm sure we'll get some more calls and comments, because it's a it's obviously a big job and a big responsibility and the big issues.
3: Yeah, and, and sometimes when moms um, need more support, it's a great idea to start maybe like a, a meet-up where other mothers are... Um, supporting each other and then the children can play while one mother rests, another mother can take over. So there's another option. Or,
2: or yeah, do a play date kind of thing. Where, yeah. yeah. Right. And meetups are great. And we've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. And those of you, it's meetup, M-E-E-T-U-P.com. And um, there's practically any meeting you could possibly imagine or right. start your own. Dr. Judy did mention on the peaceful healing dialogue, we call it the PhD. You can actually go to drjudywtf.com and go under resources.
1: And
3: pull and it off. You
2: can pull it off as yeah. the resources or forms.
3: No, actually resources. Resources.
2: Yeah. And it's just one page. It's very colorful. And mm-hmm. even if you only use two or three of the points, you don't have to use them all. And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, you can learn how to expand on it and take advantage of it. And it would really assist you in having a peaceful, healing dialogue with mm-hmm. somebody you love. Yeah. So we are going to do our song segment. And the song we f- chose is a song by T- Taylor Swift entitled Never Grow Up. And I'm going to read the lyrics and then now we're going to play the song. Your little hands wrapped around my finger, and it's so quiet in the world tonight. Your little eyelids flutter because you're dreaming. So I tuck you in, turn on your favorite nightlight. Everything is funny. You've got nothing to regret. I'll give you all I have, honey, if you can just stay like that.
3: Well, I think this is her own wish to be in this infantile state because isn't it nice when everything's attuned and everything's just comfy, cozy, and the child has the security of the mom, but obviously she's uh, um, attaching to her infant and there's a lot of bonding going on there. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, darling, don't you ever grow up. Don't you ever grow up. Just stay this little. Oh, darling, don't you ever grow up. Don't you ever grow up if you stay this simple. I won't let nobody hurt you. Won't let one, no one break your heart. And no one will desert you. Just try to never grow
3: up. So I think there's a little codependency going on. <laughs> the mother doesn't want the child to leave, so maybe something's off in her life you where think? she wants the kid never to grow up so she can or he can stay dependent on her and just, you know, be in that bubble with her.
2: You're in the car on the way to the movies, and you're mortified your mom's dropping you off. At 14, there's just so much you can't do, and you can't wait to move out someday and call your own shots. Don't, don't, but don't make her drop you off around the block. Remember, she's getting older too, and don't lose the way that you dance around in your PJs getting ready for school.
3: So she wants the child to maintain the childlike essence of being able to dance and have fun and be a child, child, right? So maybe this mother doesn't have a lot of great associations with growing up, but a lot better associations with being a child. Yes, yes.
2: Hmm. And then back to our our chorus. Oh, darling, don't you ever grow up. Don't you ever grow up. Uh, um, If you can stay this simple, no one ever burned you nothing's ever uh, left you scarred and even though you want it just try and never grow
3: up yeah she's obviously trying to keep her child uh, safe and that's the worst thing because she's smothering the child and the child will never learn how to recuperate from heartbreaks and scars of life and then the child will be kind of like uh, oh no defenses So it sounds like she's trying to hold on to memories and that the past is probably better than her here and now, and she's giving her child a sense that the best days of life are your childhood and don't look forward to your adulthood, which is not the best message to communicate to your child.
2: So here I am in my new apartment in a big city. They just dropped me off. It's so much colder than I thought it would be. So I tuck myself in, and turn my nightlight on. Wish I'd never grown up. Wish I'd never grown up.
3: So here she smothered her too much. Didn't give her the opportunity to grow and fall. And now she's uh, her daughter's son is in her own apartment in a big city and feels cold and vulnerable Lonely. and wishing that uh, that she can go and regress back to the childlike state, which ain't gonna happen because now she's an adult.
2: Oh, don't, I don't want to grow up. Wish I'd never grown up. I s- could still be little. Oh, I don't want to grow up. I wish I'd never grown up if it could be still this simple. Oh, darling, don't you ever grow up. Don't you ever grow up and just stay this little. Uh, won't let nobody hurt you. Won't let no one break your heart even though you want to please try to never grow up
3: so the message is it's dangerous to be out there it's dangerous to be an adult it's better safe in mommy's arms and it also sounds like mom has a lot of issues here because she just doesn't want to let go of her little baby yeah
2: and letting go is tough. As I said, raising parents is hard work. So
3: Raising parents is hard work, yeah. <laughs> thank you.
2: So that's our show on parenting. We're going to continue this next week. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes. And I, I just found out that uh, iPhones have their own little app for iPods, for uh, podcasts, and we're and, on that as well. Oh,
3: also, uh, we now have an app for the Psychological Healing Center. On, on iPhones. Yeah. for uh, Thank you, iPhones. Yes. So you can download your app. Uh, psychological healing center app and also for those of you who want to do the mind map journey you can do it in person you can do it teletherapy via Skype we have uh, a lot of different therapists on staff who work on sliding scale basis Uh, you can work with me and uh, we try to accommodate um, you you uh, guys do an amazing uh, job in accommodating everyone and as
2: a primer for that you can get the book be the Cause, Healing Human Disconnect. It's available on Amazon and paperback or on Kindle. And so that's our show, Dr. Judy WTF here on UBN Radio Network. I'm your host, Walt Lusk, and, of course, Dr. Judy Rosenberg, world-renowned author, speaker, and radio host and personality. And now we're going to close out with our show and play our song by Taylor Swift, Never Grow Up. God bless everyone.
1: Just try to never grow up Never grow up You're in the car on the way to the movies And you're mortified your mom's dropping you off